So I'm live. Okay. This is a great time for the church. In my view, we, we know that everything is according to the purpose of God. We have to believe we believe that. We have to. We know it is. Times seem strange, they're bizarre. For some they're difficult, and that's terrible. Yeah, we have to have the faith that God will provide. If God has put us in this, God will carry us through it, bring us out of it. This uh, this uh, coronavirus thing and our inability, as we try to do our best um, to be obedient to the Scripture, where we're we're to follow the administrations of the of the magistrates, those who have governance over us. And so, still at this point. Uh, we're, we're willing to wait until what appears to be the 17th of May to come back together. But because of the, this miracle of the Internet and the promise that Christ gave to us that the gospel to be published everywhere, uh, there's, there's great activity, probably unparalleled Internet activity coming forth from the church and from preachers preaching the gospel, teaching the scriptures, uh, presenting the Bible, I mean, all over the world, uh, even even <laughs> even our live stream presence has hits uh, from different parts of the world. So we just pray that God will use all of this as He sees fit. But there's one thing that is foundational to the church and the Great Commission with which we have, uh, which with which we've been charged, and that is namely to present the true gospel of Jesus Christ. The real gospel, the only gospel, which is we're justified by grace through faith in Christ and in none other, plus nothing. So we call people to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, and we think of all those places in the scripture that give to us the powerful and simplistic truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's even given in the Old Testament, and it is from the Old Testament in various scriptures sent forth so that the church uh, may be empowered with ancient scriptures that say the same thing uh, back then as we proclaim today. And we're going to look at a, a, a scriptural passage like that. So our, our great charge is to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. This is foundational to everything. Uh, I, I have a compelling in my heart and in my ministry to make disciples, which is the Great Commission, we start by evangelizing. By, we start by presenting the gospel and trusting God to make disciples as he sees fit, as he calls them to himself. And then we have this, we have this ongoing charge to preach the word and to be instant in season and out of season, reprove, re reprove rebuke, exhort. Uh, and we are to... Uh, rightly divide or accurately teach the word. Uh, so to me, that's the whole thing. But the whole thing is is not just sprinkled with the gospel. It is empowered. It, the gospel is the engine that runs the whole thing. And uh, the other things just that we learn as, as Christians as we mature in learning about the Lord and about our faith, these other things through the scriptures that we learn just flow forth from the foundation that is laid, who is Christ Jesus. Now, as Paul writes to the Corinthians, what are we going to build on that? We're going to build wood, hay, and stubble, things that can burn in the 
before the fiery eyes of Christ in the time of our judgment is the church or gold, silver, and precious stones, precious jewels uh, tried by fire such that when the trials of life hit that part of hit those parts of our lives, our lives that uh, that we've built upon the foundation the foundational gospel, they will only get brighter. And the, the bad stuff is burned away, but the good stuff is always there, and it just gets more purified. It gets purer and purer as we grow in Christ. Well, of course, this is our hope in Christ. I mentioned, I mentioned the power of the scriptures that empower us with the gospel from ancient scriptures that have been sent forth, of course, uh, in, into the time of the church. Going to look at one of those today. It's a very familiar passage of scripture. I probably quote this passage nearly every time I preach when I make a gospel appeal. But there's a greater context that I want to cover here, and this it, it is the book of Joel. Now, let me say a little bit about the book of Joel. Um, the the book of Joel is probably the oldest written book of the prophets. That's not the oldest book of the Old Testament, but of the writing prophets, Joel, it is generally agreed, is probably the oldest. So Joel's prophecy is written first. Now, he, he, he doesn't say a lot about the time in which he lives, but he gives us hints for us to know that there's a temple, for example, and there's ministry from the priesthood uh, so we know a little bit about that, and we can we we believe it's generally believed that uh, Joel was contemporary with uh, Elisha. Elisha f- immediately followed Elijah, and and so so Joel is preaching to the s- southern kingdom here of of Judah, and as a as a prophecy. It gives us it gives us a brief, powerful, and stark glimpse of the day of the Lord, which is the time of final judgment, the time of, of judgment uh, that that comes upon the world. So here, utilizing a swarm of locusts, which Joel calls the army of the Lord, and the plague of locusts that comes upon the land. Joel uses that to, to uh, as as an analogy of the of the great day of the Lord. Then he goes on and he describes uh, the great day of the Lord. Now I'm, I'm scrolling through in my my on my text here. Uh, he says. He says the swarming locusts, whatever they they. Let's see. No, it goes back a little before that. Uh, the cutting locust, what the uh, what the cutting locust left, the swarming locust has eaten. What the swarming locust left, the uh, the uh, hopping locust has eaten, and what the hopping locust has left, the destroying locust has eaten. So the land is, uh, he says in in. On up there in that chapter, that the land becomes desolate, like a desolate wilderness, that nothing escapes these uh, these locusts. 
Then on down a little bit, he says, uh, the Lord uh, utters his voice before his army, which are the locusts. Joel sees the locusts as God's army. And all his host is abundantly very great. He that executes his word is powerful for the day of Yahweh is great and very terrible. Who can endure it? Now that's on up in chapter two. On along in there, Joel, inspired of the Lord, calls for repentance. Even now, says Yahweh, return to me with all of your heart, with, uh, with fasting and grieving or weeping and with mourning and rend, tear your hearts, not your garments. Return to Yahweh, your God, who knows whether he will not turn and relent toward you and leave a blessing behind him. Who can know this? So the people respond and on down there in that chapter two, Yahweh answered and said to his people, look, I'm sending you grain and wine and wine and oil and you'll be satisfied and I will not anymore make you a reproach among the nations. Then he enumerates the richness of their restoration. He lists it and then, uh, and then Joel then comes in, in his, in his uh, divine inspiration. After all that, Joel comes to what we see in our Bible um, as this would be about verse uh, 28 and following. Now, understand, this is the passage from which Peter preached on the day of Pentecost. We're going to talk about that as we go along here. Now, our subject is preaching the gospel of Christ to the world. Justified by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone, plus nothing to the glory of God alone. So beginning in what would be in the English Bible, uh, would be about verse 28. And it will happen, or it will be. It will be. Afterward, or after, which implies after these things he's just talked about. That I will pour out my spirit al-Kalbashar on all flesh. Not just some of it, all of it. I will pour out my spirit al-Kalbashar on all flesh. And your, this is beautiful right here. And your sons will prophesy. That means to speak forth. It's uh uh, and they will call forth, speak forth, proclaim, prophesy. Your sons will prophesy and your daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see uh, visions. They'll see visions. And on my 
and also, also on my uh, male servants and my female servants in those days, I, I will pour out my spirit. Now notice he says, on my servants, both male and female. Now he, he talking about sons and daughters, old men, young men, now uh, men, men slaves, women, female slaves, male slaves, or servants. And I will show wonders. I will show signs, miracles, wonders, tokens in the heavens and in the earth, blood and fire and pillars of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the coming of the day of Yahweh. The, I'm sorry, uh, before the coming of the great day, before the coming Bo Yahweh, before the coming of the great and awesome, the great and terrible, the great and astonishing day of Yahweh. Let me read that again. I kind of butchered it in my translation. The sun will be turned into darkness, the moon into blood, before the coming of the great and awesome terrible day of Yahweh. Now, that's the day of Yahweh. That's the day of the Lord. We're, 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 we're considering that as the time of the end, of, of, you know, of the, of the final days of man. Now, notice here, from one statement to the next, he says, after this, it's going to come. This is going to happen. Pour out my spirit on all flesh, everybody. So you and I live in a world today where the Holy Spirit is everywhere. There are always two witnesses to the gospel of Jesus Christ when, a, when the church goes forward with the, with the gospel in evangelism and missions. There is the one who preaches or teaches or proclaims the gospel with his mouth. Now that's the external witness. That's the, that's the one who witnesses on the outside. Now, if we're outside somewhere and, and there's a vast crowd and I'm speaking in a, in a microphone or whatever, but the further out people are, the, the less they can hear, they may misunderstand something that I say. They may pick up a little here and there, but there is one thing that a person cannot misunderstand, and that is the convicting and calling power of the Holy Spirit of God. When God the Father, through the Spirit, calls his own to himself, that is unmistakable. You cannot get that wrong. Uh, he calls. You hear. So, after all this stuff, I'll pour out my spirit. And he says, I'll on all flesh. And when that happens, sons and daughters will tell forth. They'll, probably, they'll tell forth God's way, God's word. Old men dream, young men vision, have visions. You will, in your mind and in your heart in those days, now think about this, Christian. This is true. Of course it's true. It's in the Word of God. The days. Does a day ever pass that you don't reflect upon the wonders of Christ, the glory of His church, the promises that He's made to us? Does a day ever pass? What about those nights from time to time? 
that your heart is either blessed or maybe even troubled by a dream about the things of God. That happens to us. Well, it's happened to me, and I know that it's happened to you. Who among us cannot reflect upon the wonderful things of the Christ? By gazings or visions, just these wonderful thoughts, or even by dreams at night. And also on my male servants, my female servants, in those days I'll pour out my spirit. Now, who's he poured out on such that they receive it? On his servants, on his. Those who are his, thank God, I'm his. And I will show miracles, wonders, signs. I will show special displays of my power, God says, in the heavens and the earth. Now, this is, this is the time of the tribulation. This is the time of judgment. Joel briefly alludes to it, but he's carrying us all to a warning that this day is coming. This day of cataclysmic, judgmental, terrible events that are going to come. I will do this. I'll pour out these signs in the heavens, the earth, blood and fire, and pillars of smoke. The sun will be turned into darkness, the moon into blood, before the great and terrible, awesome day of Yahweh. Okay, now we here's what we're looking at. God says, Joel says, by the inspiration of God, here comes a day that is inescapable for the world. Namely, the great and terrible day of the day of Yahweh. The great and terrible time of tribulation, of judgment. It's going, it's coming. We have hopped, skipped, and jumped through history since the time of the apostles that it seems the further we are in time separated from the New Testament era itself, the less forceful the truth of coming judgment is upon the preaching from the church and upon the hearts of believers. There's kind of, we can't get too comfortable Jeremiah preaching to the southern kingdom of Judah about impending judgment from Babylon, he says on over there, he says, you have gotten so comfortable in your days of comfort and prosperity that you can't even see that God is about to rain judgment down upon you from your lofty place of comfort and prosperity, suddenly, suddenly God will come in judgment and you're going to be dragged off into Babylonian slavery. And you can't even see it because of the day of your comfort. You're so comfortable. You just, it doesn't even enter your mind about the judgment of God. And then you know what happened to them. They were taken off into Babylonian captivity, just like the prophet said. So here's this... Uh, a preacher once said that Old Testament prophecies are like looking at mountain peaks across a, vast, across a vast mountain range. You see one here that is close by and you can see the top of it and then you look just beyond and there's another mountain peak and then just beyond that there's another mountain peak and you have no idea of the vastness of the valley between those two peaks. Well, here are a couple of mountain peaks. The day where the Spirit of the Lord is poured out 
on the people. That's the day of, that's, we're going to see. Peter uses this to speak of the day of the church. The Holy Spirit came, his sermon on the day of Pentecost, the fall of the Holy Spirit and the, and the filling of the Holy Spirit, thus empowering us to carry out, to carry out this prophesying, this proclamation of the Lord that he prophesies here. That happens, and then the day of the Lord happens. So we, we, we have this encumbrance, we have this uh, unction, this drive, this compelling that the world is headed to judgment. There's a, there's a, the great and terrible day of Yahweh is coming, and I think it's closing in on us quickly. And we must preach the gospel, and we have this people at home everywhere. Get on the thing and get on the thing and present the gospel. You have people that you can reach, maybe that I, of course, that I can't reach. God uses all of it. Now he summarizes it in this wonderful last phrase here, which us in the in the English Bible would um, what's that verse thirty two? And it will happen. This is word of God. And it will happen. Uh, so it's Colossia. Uh, that anyone whoever, that's beautiful. And it will happen that anyone whoever calls on the name of Yahweh will be saved. Let's see, Yechra, to call out, to um, to summon, to make an appeal, to call out, to appeal to Yahweh. That one will be saved. For in, let's see, for in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem there shall be escape. There shall be escape from the day of the Lord. That's deliverance, I guess. Uh, the word uh, the, 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 it means deliver, deliverance there'll be escape as Yahweh said and among the remnant whom Yahweh calls wow so what do we do well we, we just proclaim this gospel message we just throw the seed out the gospel seed we cast the gospel net whatever you want to call it we preach and proclaim this wonderful beautiful thing whoever of you shall make an appeal to almighty God in the name of Jesus Christ if you will come and you, you only do that by repentance and confession the person who sees no need of a, of a savior won't do that he well, I don't need that but the one who needs a savior does it. So that that is that is assumed here. That's uh, that's implied. That's to be inferred from the from the from the text here. It will happen that anyone whoever appeals, calls out, cries for help on the name of Yahweh will be delivered, mm. will be saved.
will escape. You'll escape the day of the Lord, the great day of the Lord. You'll escape that. Well, that's even to me perhaps a reference to the rapture. Because God took care of business in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem. Deliverance. For in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem there shall be escape. Deliverance. As Yahweh has said. And among the remnant whom Yahweh calls. Wow. So armed with that, I want to go over now to my Greek text, and it's in Acts, and it would be in chapter 2. Let's see. And Peter is going to appeal to Joel as his text for the first sermon in the Christian era, in the age of the church. Uh, but this is, okay, what is that? Let me see what the English Bible is. Verse 16. But this is that having been spoken by the prophet Joel. It will be in the last days, says God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. It's an interesting, he says, uh, he says, Echel apotu nematos. I will pour out, uh, I will pour out from my spirit upon all flesh. I will pour out from my spirit, out of my spirit upon all flesh. And your sons will prophesy and your daughters as Okay, and your sons and daughters will prophesy and your young men will see visions and your elders will dream dreams. We talked about that. And even upon my servants, Okay, it's in the masculine. Even upon my male servants and then in the feminine and upon my female servants, in those days I will pour out my spirit and they will prophesy. The church has the spirit poured out on it. Those of us who are in the church have the spirit of God in our hearts and our lives. He empowers us to tell others he gives to us the spirit of truth and, and he, he empowers us to tell others of Christ. So we, we throw that gospel seed everywhere. We cast that net everywhere we go. And then let God take care of the results. And I will show, uh, I will show wonders. I will show almonds, miracles, more like, uh, it's uh, more like marvels. I will show wonders in heaven above and signs on the earth below. Blood and fire and vapor of smoke. We're going through the revelation and we're going to see when some of those judgments are poured out from God in the tribulation. It's an appropriate description. It's what happens. The sun will be turned into darkness, the moon into blood, into blood before the great and glorious coming day of the Lord. And it will be, kai and it will be, it will happen. 
pas hos. Everyone who, if they shall appeal, there's that word, but it's in the Greek here. If they will address, if they will call upon the name of the Lord, will be saved. Now, let me tell you. Let me tell you about that. Uh, it's a uh, sophesity. That's the Greek word. But let me tell you, it's a verb, and it is in the future passive. When it says that it's in the passive, it means that you're going to be acted upon. You're not going to do the acting. You're going to be acted upon. That's grace. In the future means before that, you're going to be delivered. That There's that word. So it means to be delivered, to be rescued, to be preserved, to be saved. Now, it has to do with the doctrine of salvation, but it has more to do with rescue, to be preserved. Man, that's, that's the catching way of the Lord. If you appeal upon the name, call out to the name of the Lord, and, and the implication is that you're in distress and you need help, you'll be delivered. You'll be rescued. Again, it's a future thing and it's passive and God's going to do it to you. If it's in the active, you do it to yourself. But it's in the passive. That means God's going to do it to you. God's going to take care of you. We'll be saved from that day. Men, well, I'm just going to stop there. Everyone who has called them and appealed in the name of the Lord will be rescued, will be delivered, will be saved. Finally, now we're talking about the gospel, proclaiming the gospel of Christ. Finally, in Romans 10, I'm going to, let's see in the English, there would be in, it would be in verse 9. That if you, now the word for generally translated confess in the Greek text here is homologesis. Uh, Homo means the same, and lego means to speak, so it means to say or to speak the same thing or to be in agreement. So when you confess, you're in agreement with God. I'm a sinner. I need a Savior. I'm vile, depraved, and worthless, and I cannot save myself. I can only be saved by grace. When you confess, that's what you're doing. You're agreeing. You're saying the same thing that God says. That's what the Greek word means. If you confess the saying with your mouth, Jesus, or the Lord, let's see, Kyrion, Yesun, the Lord is Jesus. Here we go. If you confess the saying with your mouth, the Lord is Jesus, and believe in your heart that God raised him out from the dead. Now, what does that mean? That means, that means first of all, that he died. And if God raised him from the dead, that means that he offered himself as a payment for your sin. And if God accepts the payment, God will raise him up from the dead. That's what Paul says in Romans 4. If God just leaves him there, he didn't accept the payment that Christ made for your sin. So, if you believe... 
So that means if you believe God raised him from the dead and you believe in your heart, that means that first of all, you're a sinner and he died for you and he died. He took your sin to the grave and God raised him from the dead, which means that God's going to raise you from the dead, going to give you the same life, eternal life. God raised him out from the dead. You will be saved. Let me say that again. That if you confess the saying with your mouth, the Lord is Jesus, and believe in your heart that God raised him out from the dead, you will be rescued. You will be delivered. You will be saved. You will be preserved. You will be protected. Sofese. You'll be preserved, protected. For in the heart is belief unto righteousness. In the mouth now is confession into salvation. For the scripture says, and here we go, everyone believing on him will not be put to shame. For there is not a difference between Jew and Greek for the same Lord of all is rich toward all those calling him. The riches belong to God. I'm, I'm impoverished. But from my calling, he pours out his riches, eternal life, salvation, grace. And then here comes Joel. For, and the Greek word pas means all, or in this case it's in a mask, it's for all whoever, for all whoever will appeal to, will call out to, will call upon the name of the Lord. Now there's that future passive again. Will be rescued, will be preserved, will be delivered, will be saved. Supplemental. Paul continues. How then shall they call on the one or on him whom they believe not? And how shall they believe on him of whom they have not heard. Now how shall they hear apart from preaching? How shall they preach if they are not sent? And as it has been written, how beautiful the feet of those proclaiming peace, of those proclaiming good news of Good things. But not all heeded the good news. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has who has believed our uh, report? Who has who has believed by hearing our report? So faith is from hearing and hearing through the word 
of Christ. <laughs> Don't you want to tell somebody? Just call on the name of the Lord. Agree with God that you're a sinner. You have no hope. The day of the Lord is coming. The great and terrible and awesome and horrific day of the Lord that will crush all unbelievers and infidels and finally cast them into hell and from there into the lake of fire forever to be separated from God. There is the day of the Lord coming. But if you'll see your need and confess and call, you'll be delivered from that. You'll be saved, rescued from that terrible day. Well, okay. I want to share with you a little bit about the proclamation of the gospel, the true gospel of Christ. Let's pray. Father God, Lord, we have this treasure in earthen vessels. So while we have these days, O oh God, and while it is day because the night's coming when no man can work, while it is day, Lord, let us work for the cause of the gospel of Christ and use whatever we do, even in these days through the internet. God, use all of this for your glory. Reach hearts of those whom you would call to yourself that all glory will be yours. Father, bless Shiloh. Help all of our people to be safe from sickness and heal, and heal us of our illnesses, Lord, as you see fit. Protect us, strengthen us, empower us in these last days to do your will, to your glory. We pray for our leaders, that your spirit will fall upon them and guide them according to your word and purpose, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. Hey, thank you.